Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over there and start using it now. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. want to talk about a few things. So this is the first time that we've done open enrollment in a couple of months. Yeah. It's been a while for anybody that's not familiar with open enrollment. Open enrollment, we traditionally do this um the last wednesday of the month and um this wasn't the last wednesday of the month but we just kind of rescheduled a little bit but it's a window into eyl university um that was kind of the whole uh premise of it was to kind of give people an idea of what we have going on here at eyl university um, but, you know, obviously we've been traveling, we've been moving around, we've been doing a lot of stuff. So we haven't actually been able to to do one of these on YouTube in, in a long period of time. But felt that, you know, now was a good time to to bring it back. Um, and also it's perfect timing with the relaunch of EYL University, which we'll be talking about in detail. Uh, but first one to kind of just let you guys know what will be going on today during this session. So we're going to be talking about credit. We're going to be talking about uh, business branding, and we're going to be talking about real estate. We have some esteemed guests. We have Dan Fleischman. We have Herman Dulce. Uh, we have Matthew Garland. And um, we're going to be answering questions towards the end. We're going to, you know, have Q&A. 
So very educational, timely, um, you know, webinar, I think, because these are all extremely important topics right now, but especially heading into 2023. And this is where we're at right now. So, you know, it's important for you guys to start planning um, your next year because it's here pretty much. Yeah, there's no time better than right now. I mean, it's the fourth quarter now, but the, the first quarter is how you want to set your year off. And uh, when you got people talking about how to build business credit, talking about how to build your brand from a marketing standpoint, talking about real estate. I mean, these are these are things that can change your life, right? Like these aren't just things that can change your day. This can change your life, can change your family's life. And anytime you're going to have people of like this level of this caliber of expertise, man, you got to take advantage of it. So shout out to everybody that's in here. I see the earners are piling in. Shout out to everybody on the tube. This is going to be one of them sessions, and I'm glad. I'm glad we'll be back doing it. You know, I, I kind of miss it a little bit. I feel like the, these these open enrollments were just jam packed with information, people from the highest level, um, you know, in their in their fields. And uh, tonight is no no exception. We we got we got a jam packed show. We might have a few surprises. We may. We'll see. You never know. You never know. You never know who we know. That's a fact. So, all right. So let's get into this. Um, but first, before we start, I'll give you a rundown of EYOU. Um, of course, if you're familiar with us, you know that we do, you know, the classes every week. We do the financial planning calls with myself. We do the book club headed by Troy. We do the um, the MG, the mortgage guys, home buyers, blueprint, volume one, volume two, real estate calls. But we're revamping it. And we'll talk about, you know, that a little later. But, um, you know, we see the landscape changing. And we see our position in leadership rising. So, you know, we wanted to kind of add a higher level of service, a higher level of, um, you know, curriculum and make it more of a structured organization. So we've been actually working on this for six months and, um, you know, just announced a few things and we'll be announcing more things to come. But a lot of exciting stuff happening. We're going to be rolling out um live interactive courses, um, chapters across the United States and across the world, like real graduations, um, private community events. So we wanted to just double down. We already built the community, but we wanted to see how we can actually take it to the next level, next level education. That's what everything that we do is kind of like next level, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, we had to assess what was going on and then see, okay, how can we 10X this situation and make it, you know, a hundred times more powerful. So we'll be announcing everything on Friday, but um, in the meantime, you can text the word learn L E A R N to four zero one two three eight seven four seven nine to be added to the wait list. And um, you will get, you know, all the updates and all the information once everything is announced. So I'm going to pin that in YouTube. And once again, that is text the word learn to 401-238-7479. And you will be added to the wait list and you will get all the updates and everything as you know, everything unrolls. Yeah. So I think that's one of the beautiful things, right? Like as we're doing this, we're realizing like we could be better. And what, what better way to, to do it than show people like, yo, we're going to get better Here's how we're going to do it. Um, it. It's just one of those things that it's happening in real time. And just like everything we've done has happened in real time. And like we've always said, like anytime we do something, it's historic because it's never been done before. So we, we built a community, obviously EYL University. 
uh, that started in, in 2019, in December 2019, with maybe like 70 people. And to see how fast it's grown, it's like, great, this is great. How can we be better? So we looked at the landscape and we said, all right, we like that piece over there. Oh, that piece is good. We can add that. Let's make this the, 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 the best educational experience, the most expansive educational experience that is out there. And, and so I'm so happy to, to show the earners and show everybody what we got, man. It's going to be a, a historic day, historic weekend yeah, all around. Probably so. <laughs> probably so. So, um, okay, let's bring Dan up if we can. Oh, let's bring him up. There you go. I see him right there. Perfect. He just raised his hand. <laughs> Made it even easier. Yes, yes. Very excited to have this conversation to start it off. Hey, what's going on? How's it going? Good, it's good. good how, how are you? Just happy to be here. I'm really impressed with you guys. I've been watching you for years, so I'm happy to be here. Uh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So if anybody that is not familiar with Dan, I'll, I'll give his um, his rundown. He is the youngest founder of a publicly traded company in history. Could probably just stop there. Yeah, keyword history. That's extremely <laughs> impressive. That means like ever. That's <laughs> extremely impressive feat. Um, after licensing his, uh, his apparel uh, for $9.5 million at the age of 19, he went on to scale energy drinks product into 55,000 retail stores. Um, over the years, he's launched one of the top five online poker sites globally, has thrown 49 elevator night events, co-founded 100 million mastermind experience, spoken at over 250 business events. Angel invested in 43 companies and his agency has spent over $60 million with social media influencers fashion brands, film studios, mobile apps, and consumer products. Um, and just a mastermind when it comes to business, business branding, and um, the new age of business that we're in right now when it comes to, you know, social media influencers and um, what we're on now, YouTube, TikTok, different things of that nature is extremely important. And um, Dan has been a mastermind and somebody that a lot of our friends have built relationships with. Yep. And um, they all speak extremely highly of him. So first and foremost, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yes. Did we miss anything? Um, my charity for the homeless. We've been doing it for 11 years. We make backpacks for the homeless with 150 items inside. That's Very my real important. point. Very important. Especially at this time of year. Absolutely. All right. Um, so let's, let, let's start this off. Um, so I, I would like to talk to you about, you know, branding, business branding is extremely important. Um, but let's start off with something that, you know, I'm very passionate about when it comes to content creation. Um, and, you know, I saw a post where you talked about, you know, the best things online are free. Like they say, the best things in life are free. The best <laughs> things online is free. Like you can scale your business and, and grow it organically. And you really don't have to have a budget. So this is an extremely important conversation. So can you talk about that? Yep. So the hard part for most people on social media is that they have these things in their mind of why they can't do it or why they don't want to do it or why it's scary. They're like, I'm not going to do TikTok because I got to dance around. I only do business videos. I don't dance around on TikTok and I get lots of views. You can too. They're like, oh, I don't want to tweet. I don't know if anybody's going to listen. People go viral with 400 followers and get millions of views off of Twitter because of the way the virality works on Twitter. People get like, I don't want to do Facebook because I don't want to see my aunt and uncle argue about politics. You don't have to use it as social media. You can just use it as media. You don't have to do the social part if you don't want to. If you don't like Facebook, don't do it. If you don't like TikTok, 
You don't have to use it for the social element, but you do need to use it for media because you have a personal brand, whether you like it or not. Your friends from high school think about you. Your coworkers think about you. The people in your neighborhood think about you. People interact with you and they think about you and you have a personal brand. It's up to you to decide if you're going to tell your story or let them gossip and have rumors and think about you without you telling your story. And so for me, the reason I'm so passionate about social media is that I've watched it change so many people's lives. And I've watched people make money, make careers, make babies. Like a lot of things happen when you, when you create social media content and it's free. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, YouTube, every single one of those platforms is free. So there's no excuse about the budget part because it's free. You already have a fancy phone because you're watching right now on a laptop or an iPhone or an Android. So you already have a really fancy phone and a really fancy camera. So everything that you need to make social media is completely free. Yeah, can you, that's important. And can you talk about the, the importance of where you're placing the content? I know you said that, you know, I'd rather have uh, 2,000 uh, hits on LinkedIn rather than 20,000 views on Instagram. Having the importance of where you're placing the content and the value add of each one of those. Yep. So depending on your career, passion, or hobby, there's going to be different platforms for you. LinkedIn is very, very business focused, which is why it's the best platform when you're trying to be a real estate agent, an investor, an accountant, you're looking for a job, you're trying to hire people. LinkedIn is the best platform for that, but it might not be the platform you make your content for. Most people make their content for Instagram or Facebook. What you can do is then repurpose that exact same content on LinkedIn, on TikTok, on Facebook, et cetera. So you're going to make your content for a platform that you're comfortable with, which is usually Instagram or Facebook, and then repurpose that exact same content on the other platforms. What you're not going to do is don't post about your dogs on LinkedIn. You're not going to post about kids on LinkedIn. That's more for Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok and Twitter. LinkedIn is going to be very business career focused, but all the other platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, you can post the exact same content on all those platforms and then use your business content on LinkedIn. So um, I want to talk about, um, you know, building relationships. I know you worked with the Kardashians, right? Yep. So how did that go? What's the story behind that? So that started back in the Fashion Nova days when Fashion Nova was get, first getting started. I was driving to Kylie's house and driving to Kim's house and dropping off dresses and a cashier's check or wire transfer, whatever it was back then, um, to do posts. And then Fit T, I was doing their campaigns. They were spending six figures a month with me, sometimes millions of dollars a month with me. Same thing, I'd go over to Kylie's house, go over to Kim's house, drop off Fit T, explain what I wanted uh, for the posts. And from there, I was doing Black China, Scott Disick, Amber Rose, all the different characters on social media when it was first getting started. You know, they only had 500,000 followers, then a million, then 2 million, 10 million. They didn't have hundreds of millions of followers like now. And so watching the evolution of it has been fascinating to see the fashion of the Fit T's, Pretty Little Thing, all these different brands that have scaled from social media, but it all really started back in the fashion of a 15 days. Okay, so my, my follow-up question for that is, for people that's looking to work with influencers now, what advice would you give them to, you know, start working, like if they have a clothing brand or if they are a trainer, what advice would you give people that's looking to work with influencers? Absolutely, it's never been easier to get connected with an influencer because you can just slide in their DMs they have their email addresses most of the time in their bios. And you can also go to platforms where they're not as big. So let's say they're on Instagram and they got 3 million followers. They might not see your DMs, but on Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn, they might only have 4,000 followers or 50,000 followers, 100,000 followers, et cetera. So it's easier to connect with them, not on their main platform by DMing or emailing them on a different platform. Also, 
be really clear with what you want to offer. So if you're saying, I want to give you free clothes or I want to pay you 200 bucks or 500 bucks or a thousand bucks or whatever you want to pay for the post, make that clear in the first five words of your message so that they open up your message. This is really important. Don't say, hi, how are you doing? And then say, I want to pay you 500 bucks because what'll happen is if I'm Amber Rose or I'm Tyga and I'm looking at your DM that came in, I'm going to see, hi, how are you doing? I've got thousands of those. So I'm not even going to open it if I'm the influencer. Does that make sense? So it's important in the very first few words to say paid posts, free clothes, start off with exactly what you want to offer in the first five words so that they can see it. That makes perfect sense. That, that happens a lot. If I look at my DMs and somebody says, hey, Mr. Millions, I'm always looking because I feel like there's a student from my past that's reaching out to me. So that, that's very important. I want to talk about the consistency, right? As you're networking and you're, you're gaining, obviously, clients, you have to be consistent with what you're putting up. What's the tr strategic plan that you have or does it change based on clients' needs? Yep. So what's interesting for, for our agency, for example, we paid 3,500 influencers just this year. So 3,500 separate W9 influencers. And if you understand influencers, that's like chasing cats, like to try to get them to fill out a W9 form is not easy in the influencer space. That happened because of the consistencies for the last nine years, I have no long-term contracts. I do all the TV shows for BET for the last four years. I do everything for Oracle for the last five years. All my clients are four years, five years, six years, nine years, et cetera, from consistency not from them being locked into contracts. I don't even have a long-term contract. The way I do it is everything I say, I under-promise and I over-deliver. And by doing that, even if it's just by a little bit, if I do that, the clients are gonna reorder over and over and over. And that's what my whole life's been like, is that I always say, hey, you know what? We're gonna get you 1 million views. If we get them 1.9 million, what's gonna happen? They're gonna reorder, right? But what if I over-exaggerate? I say, you know what? I'm gonna get you 2.5 million views. And then I get them 1.9. I'm a failure, right? They're going to fire me. And so I always underestimate what I'm going to do for them. And don't ever say like, I'm going to get you 50 posts and then get them 45. They'll hate me. If I say I'm going to get you 30 posts and get to them 45, I 50% over delivered. And so I'm not going to ever lose a client by saying something that's a realistic number and then overperforming. A lot of times people say, I'm going to get you 100 different posts and I'm going to get you 100 million views. Why would you, you don't have to do that. You don't have to exaggerate. And so I'm really big on under-promising and over-delivering. Yeah, that's extremely important. And I learned that, you know, I used to be in financial services and it's like, as an advisor, like you might tell somebody, you know, you can expect a 6% rate of return over the course of a couple of years. And then if they get a 12% rate of return, then they're looking at you like, you know, you're a hero. But if you told them that you're going to get an 18% rate of return, even if they get 15% rate of return, which actually right. beats the market, they're disappointed because right. the expectations that you set early on were too high. That's an extremely valuable lesson. You have to know how to set not even realistic expectations, a little lower yep. than realistic expectations. So you can over deliver. And now psychologically, you look like a champion as opposed to somebody that didn't hit the benchmark. In all aspects of life, imagine you tell your wife, I'm going to be home at nine o'clock and you get there at 925. You're in trouble, right? If you say, I'm going to get there at 10 o'clock, get there at 925, you're a hero. I miss you so much, honey. I came home early. <laughs> I, I, want to, I want to talk about um, <clears throat> branching out, right? So it's like 
you you have multiple streams of income. And this is something that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with as well, where they always hear that, that the saying you need seven streams of income. And I always say like, it's not necessarily that you need seven stream, seven different businesses or seven different jobs. You just need to perfect one thing really well. And then you'll have spinoffs off of that one thing. So like a restaurant, right? Like a restaurant owner can now, you know, write a cookbook, a restaurant owner can now, you know, be a private chef, they can coach, they can consult other restaurants. So you can create a whole ecosystem of revenue streams based off of one level of expertise. So how have you been able to, to kind of, you know, diversify your business model by doing multiple different things off of your core principle yep. of, of business? So my core business is Elevator Studios. That's my social media agency. I've done it for 90 years. I'm going to do it for many, many years. I'm never going to sell it because you can't sell an agency. You only get a 1x multiple usually on agencies. So I'm never going to exit my agency. I use it for leverage to do exactly what you just said. I now have Elevator Rolling Fund, which is my hedge fund. I have Elevator Syndicate, which is 846 investors in my syndicate group. So I get 20% of fees when I invest into deals. We did $41 million in investments just this year. So I'm using my social media agency as my leverage point to pay influencers, to build the brand, get connections with brands, relationships, make influencers happy because I'm paying them for stuff. And then when I invest in the companies, I now have favors, right? Because I invest in this company. I say, hey, I made you hundred grand the last four months on social media. Will you post about this drink or this food or this skateboard or this brand or this bike or this restaurant, whatever. And they're happy to do it because I've helped make them money. And so I use my core business, exactly like you said. And then I branch out where I'm speaking at events, I throw elevator nights, which is my free event. I don't make money from that, but it's my free event that I bring in 300 to a thousand guests at each event. But all these things build relationship. Some of them build income, but all of it comes from the stem of this is my core business. I do social media posts. I've done 110,000 paid posts. That's my day job. That's my core business. And then all the other things are tacked on under the exact same name too. It's all elevator. Just like you said. There was a lot inside of it. And I'm glad you brought up the word, the syndicate investing, because I was watching the clip on it. I'm like, that's pretty interesting. Can you break down exactly syndicate investing and I guess angel investing? Because I feel like maybe our audience is familiar with the angel side of it, but you spoke about syndicate. Can you break that down? Yep. So as an angel investor, that's you as an individual. So I've done 43 angel investments on average, 100,000 to 500,000 per check. Most angel investments range from 25,000, which is kind of the average check to 100,000. Even the really, really wealthy guys are doing 25K to 100K. And then when they get into it deeper, they'll start to do 250, 500, et cetera, if they're really behind a brand, if they're really behind a business. On the syndicate side, the 846 investors that are there, that's where I'm able to do a Zoom call like this and say, hey, I'm raising money for, let's call it Everbowl, which is an acai bowl chain. I'm raising money for Everbowl. I'm investing 500,000. My friend's investing 100,000. This person's investing 200,000. So collectively, me and four friends, we're putting in a million bucks, we're raising $4 million more. Now, the syndicate members can make a decision. It's completely free, completely optional. If they want to invest, they can say, I'll do 25K, I'll do 50K, I'll do 100K. And they can text or email saying that they're going to invest as a group. Now, those 42 people come in, we've raised the $4 million plus the million dollars that me and my friends are contributing. So now we have $5 million to give to the company, Everbowl in this example. We then give the $5 million to the company. The founders are happy because they're getting one check. All of the people in the syndicate group have to wire to me at Elevator Syndicate. And then I wire one check to the company, which is important because the company doesn't have to deal with 47 different people. They just deal with me. They have optional to enter 
interact with them because they're strategic investors, but they don't have to. So syndication deals are really powerful in that fashion for an entrepreneur because you can collectively raise a bunch of money in smaller 25K, 50K, 100K checks for the company. Now, the syndicate in our, in our situation, there is a 20% carry. So some people take a two and 20, it was like a normal hedge fund where you'd take 2% of the money raised. So 5 million in that example, normally we take 2%, we don't take that. And then 20%, and I'm not saying you shouldn't in case you do a syndicate, you can and should take the 2%. And then the 20% carry is when that company sells. So let's say we put in 5 million at a 15 million valuation, we own a third of the business in that example. Later, that company that was worth 15 million sells for 60, the syndicate investors get their money back at the 15 million valuation. And then out of the 45 million, we then get 20% of their profits. So we don't get any money from what they put in, but we get 20% above. So let's say you put in 100,000 and you got back 400,000, we would get 20% of the 300,000 profit as a syndicate group. And you guys can replicate this for business. People can do it for real estate as well. It's a different model. Uh, you can't use AngelList. AngelList is what we use. That's the biggest platform in the world. Um, it's very inexpensive to use it if anybody wants to do a syndicate. Uh, but we use AngelList. You cannot do that for real estate, but you can do syndication deals for real estate. It's really a powerful way uh, to raise capital and smaller checks for one big deal. So you're in the business. You say you put up hundreds of thousands of posts, right? What? Okay, this is the million dollar question. What is the secret formula for having post work? Like what works and what yep. does not work? So what's interesting is I've, I've handwritten almost all the captions. Out of the 110,000 posts we've done, almost every caption I've written. Uh, and the basic things are the human eye. The brain, when we're scrolling through social media and we see something that we like, that gets us the serotonin, we see the visual thing, that photo or video, Let's say Kylie Jenner is holding up glow water last week, right? Visually, you see her holding up glow water. The caption has to be easily readable. If the caption would have said, I'm Kylie, I love glow water. Thank you and shout out to this photographer, this location, this makeup artist, this hairstylist. The human eye would see too many things and too many tags and we wouldn't think about glow water and we wouldn't click on it because there's too much action happening. If it says, I love at glow water, now, us as consumers and followers know what to do, right? If, I, if they say, she says, I love Fashion Nova or thank you to Fit Tea, et cetera, the human eye knows what to do because there's only three to eight words of what to, to click on. If it starts to be not a sentence, the human eye will skip through it. When you give us too many options, we choose none. And so it's really important when you do shout outs, when you do influencer campaigns, make the caption really easy to read. Ideally, it's like four to 15 words and it's not, a, it's not like a speech. It's not tagging multiple things. There's no extra hashtags. It's just think about what the human eye can see and think about for yourself, when you're scrolling through, what do you want to look at? If you see something with five tags in it, you're not going to click any of them because there's too much noise. So you said how many words at max? You want four to 15. So that way it doesn't go more than three sentences on, on Instagram. For example, you don't want to go more than three sentences because then it becomes under the fold. Under the fold means they have to click it to be able to see the rest of the words. You don't want to be able to have, you don't want them to have to click it. How often are you updating, you know, the changes that are happening on social media, right? So, because that makes sense and sounds like, yeah, we could do that. But then there's the algorithm that catches us and then people don't see what we're posting. How do you combat that? So the hard part with the algorithm is that it changes every day, not every week, not every month. We just don't notice all the little changes that happen as they're testing and they're testing for different segments, different audiences, different 
countries, different cities, et cetera. So there's a lot of changes happening. The main thing to keep in mind is if you want people to see your content is keep your photos and videos for the people that are watching, not for yourself. If you make shareable content, people engage with it, whether you show them something interesting, make them laugh or teach them something. If you do one of those three things, if you teach them something, they will share it. If they share it, Instagram knows, ding, you're doing something good because someone forwarded your, your post. If, you, if they see that people are liking it, ding, they see that people like it, now they're gonna show it to more people. If you made them laugh and they're tagging their friends, ding, see what, you have to make people want to engage and the way you do it is make the content for the people. That part will never change. The algorithm will always reward engagement on the post. And the way to get engagement is to make it for the people watching, not for yourself. So um, how do you feel about videos? How, how long should a video be? Because now every video is a reel. Even if it's four minutes, it's still a reel. Yep. Um, and, and we know that reels perform better than just regular videos. Um, how long should a video be? So for the most part, I don't do any videos on over 59 seconds. We live in a very ADD society and TikTok has made it even faster. You know, Vine first made it really fast at six seconds. Instagram was 15 seconds and then finally became 60 and then they made IGTV. But IGTV is the proof that people are not watching long form content on Instagram because IGTV is not here. So people are not going through that platform to watch long form content. They are there for short form content. Same thing with IG stories. You want to keep your, your clips under 15 clips because if you have 45 clips, we're going to skip all of them because we're not in that time. We're not there in our mindset. When we're looking at IG stories, we want it to be fast. And so when someone's enjoying Instagram, you want to keep those videos to under a minute for the most part, unless you need a deep dive, unless you need to go down the rabbit hole. On YouTube, it's the opposite. Unless you're doing a YouTube short, you want to make four minute, 12 minute, 20 minute videos because that's where people are going for long form content. YouTube is like TV to people. So they'll watch long form content. But for the most part, just keep in mind what you would watch. If you're on Instagram, you're on Twitter, you're on Facebook, under 60 seconds is what I do for all my videos because I want it and all my ads. I don't do any ads over 59 seconds. Never. It's never happened and never will. You want people to be able to consume that content in a short form, in a short form fashion, unless you're on YouTube. Mm. So when you you have obviously high profile clients, is there a specific peak time that you, you, you ideally that you like to post and how consistently, how consistently and, and how many times or how often do you suggest people post Yep, on a daily basis? So the main thing to keep in mind is it's kind of like if a tree falls in the forest and no one's around, the main thing to do is post when people are awake. I often see people posting at 3 a.m. and midnight, et cetera. And then they're on the West Coast and now it's you know three hours later on the East Coast. If people are awake, they cannot engage with your content and they are unlikely to see it the next day because if your post doesn't do well, Instagram or the other platforms are not gonna show it to them. And so then it's like a double whammy against you. So the main trick is post when people are awake first. Second, when you start to get granular, eight and nine in the morning is always gonna be the best because that's when people are first getting up, going to work, first getting to school or they're at work and the first thing they do is check their phone. And so the, a lot of the things I talk about are just real life common sense. The same way you read a caption, the same way human behavior is. If my eye can't see it or I'm on my way to work, that's the times that I'm looking at content. The next part is at 5 p.m. 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. is when people are leaving work, leaving school, just getting home. During that time, it can also now breathe. Breathing means the post is getting some engagement and it 
can breathe because the platform is showing to more people. And so if you post at 5 to 6 p.m. and people are starting to trickle home, again, one of the first things they do is they open up their phones to look at social media. So 8 to 9 in the morning when they first get to school or work, 5 to 6 p.m. when they're first leaving, all of my posts for paid posts, I'm requesting an 8 a.m. post or a 9 a.m. post, depending on what city they're in, or a 5 or 6 p.m. post, depending on what city they're in, Monday through Friday. The weekends are much different because there is no driving to work. There is no getting home from school, et cetera. So the weekends are mostly just posting any time between 8 a.m. and 6 p.m. It could be 11, 1, 3. There's no formula to the weekends because sometimes there's football games. Sometimes there's award shows. Sometimes there's them going to a picnic. There's things happening on the weekends. So you're going to have a very different ebb and flow when it comes to the weekends. But Monday through Friday, keep in mind, 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. is ideal and 5 to 6 p.m. is ideal. Is when you say p.m., are you are you referring to Eastern Standard Time? So I'm, I'm referring to PST. I'm referring to the West Coast time, except if the majority of your followers are in East Coast, then the time is the same for you. If you have a national audience or international audience, then you're going to want to go a bit earlier, keeping in mind the time difference. So, so you look geographically where your followers are and base it off of that. Correct. If I have an East Coast, if I have someone from New York or Miami doing a post, I'm having them post usually at 10, 11 a.m. because that's going to be 8 to 9 a.m. out here on the West Coast. I'm not going to have someone on the West Coast. I won't let them post at 10 p.m. because that's one in the morning. You know, if you're in Atlanta, New York, Miami, it's so late. They're, they're sleeping. So I'm very strict about that. 8 a.m. post, 9 a.m. post, or 5 to 6 p.m. post on the West Coast. Do you feel that um, for entrepreneurs, right? How do you feel about people selling um, from social media pages? Do you think that social media should just be, you know, not really for a hard sale? Or can you sell from a social media page? How do you feel about that? You absolutely positively can sell from a social media page. If you believe in something that it helps people, either make more money, better credit, get a house, lose weight, improve their marriage, better food, et cetera, it is rude of you not to sell it. If you think what you sell helps people, it is rude of you not to sell it. And people pay for what they believe in. So if someone buys something from you and you're selling them something at $100 or you give it to them for free, I promise you without a shadow of a doubt, because I've done this my whole life, if they paid 100 bucks, they will take it way more seriously than if you give it to them for free. And a lot of people are taken back by that because like, oh, if you believe in your product and you're going to help people, just give it away for free. People will do not take action when they get something for free. If you throw an event, I'll give you an example. When I throw elevator nights, which is similar to your guys' business conference, my event's free. I have to have two to three times the amount of people RSVP to show up because of the free ticket. Your guys' event, if they paid 200, 500 bucks, 1,000 bucks, two grand, whatever, they're going to show up because they paid 500 bucks to 1,000 bucks, right? They're always going to show up. For my event that's free, if I don't get a thousand people RSVP'd, I'm not going to get three to 500 people to show up because it's a free ticket. They don't mind. I'll be late. Ah, who cares? It was free. So when I have my mastermind events, my mastermind events, $100,000. Nobody misses it, right? They'll cancel whatever they have to cancel, fly across the country, the planet to be there because they paid a lot of money to be there. If they don't pay anything for it, they're not going to take it as seriously. So do not be scared to sell on social media. However, keep one thing in mind. Do not sell every day. If you're selling every day, people are going to be blocking you. They don't want to watch it. They don't want to, they don't want to feel sold to every single post. And so the idea is give content, make them laugh, make it interesting, teach them something, et cetera. 
boom, ask for the sale. Make content, make them laugh, make them interesting, make them part of your life, build some emotional attachment, top of mind awareness, boom, go for the sale. If you do that, I promise you, your engagement will go through the roof and they'll help you sell. Rather than if you're trying to sell every day, people are going to stop watching. If you don't pay, you're not paying attention. And that's really true a lot of times. And yeah, we, we do a lot of free events as well. So we know the ratio. Sometimes it's even worse than that. Sometimes you got to do like a five to one or four to one ratio, yep. depending on the event, depending on the market, depending on the day. Um, and, you know, it's one of these unfortunate situations, but it's a reality. And um, you have a free event and you have to get 5,000 people to RSVP for <laughs> 1,000 people to show up. Right. And they, they, don't, they just don't take it serious because you could be in Idaho and just RSVP for an event in Miami. And it's like, right. you know, why not? Like, I'll just do it just cause. Yeah, we've, we've seen so it. that's it. I say, I have to say that's important for when you're starting your business, anybody that's listening. If you have a free anything, if you're doing giveaways, free events, understand that you have to take that into consideration because you might not take that into consideration. You might just think, okay, I'm looking for a thousand people, a thousand people signed up for this free giveaway, a thousand people signed up for this free event and I'm good. And then you get disappointed with only 300 or 200 people actually show up. So if you're, if you haven't done that before, then that's, that's an important lesson yeah. that um we had to learn. We actually. Learned it. <laughs> yeah. We learned it in real time. Yeah. Yeah. So social media obviously play, plays a major part, but people in, in small businesses, they, they have, they have social media pages, but they also have landing pages and websites. Can you talk about the importance of, of having, or give us some tips on having, a landing page or a one page website where it's going to get the most effective traction for our business. Yep. So you only have three to seven seconds when people land onto your funnel page or to your landing page for them to make a decision if they're going to stay. And so the very top of your page is the most important part. The very top screen is the most important part to be very visual and have four to nine words that explain what they're looking at. And then they will make a decision if they're going to keep scrolling. There's actual like ways you can see how far they looked, how long they spent time within your website. They can show you, it's called a heat map. They can show you the heat map of where they went, how long they stayed, et cetera. For the most part, all of the decision happens in that very top of it. And in that top page, you should also have your buy now or your RSVP or your email sign up should be in the bottom of that top. If you look visually, let's say on your phone or a laptop, the bottom of that top of the screen, that bottom frame should have your buy now or claim this or sign up or give your email there. The call to action should be there on the top screen because you don't know if they're gonna scroll down, but if they see it, they can take an action if they want to. Now, next thing, do not have a website with 19 different pages. I promise you, they're not going down that rabbit hole with you. That's not what they're there for. When you're trying to sell a product, unless you're trying to build some long-term brand, and even then, people do not wanna go down 19 different pages. You wanna make it as easy as possible, dummy proof it, so when they get to your page, if you're selling fashion or protein or CBD or real estate or credit, or whatever you're doing, top of the page, explain what you're doing. The middle part, they should definitely be able to take an action. You're telling your story. By the time they get to the lower third, like two or three pages down on your one main page, you have to be, they should know, they should be able to explain your business to other people. They should be able to brag about you. Dan. As we can go on day, all day about this, um, but you know that you have, uh, you know, we respect your time, and we have a couple other people to bring on. But before before we let you go, 
wanted to thank you for actually adding your course to the EYL University platform. Yes, yes, so that's yes. that's part of the remodeling that we're, we're doing. We, we've added, I believe, 19 different courses. And um, Dan's course is one of the courses that has been added to the platform. So if you're on the EYL University platform, then you have access to the course. So um, we should put some gems in the chat from our earners right now. Yeah, appreciate <laughs> appreciate that. Appreciate you. Appreciate that for sure. <laughs> um, thank you. Any any last words you want to leave the people with? Just get started. So many people are scared and nervous about getting started. If you just start, make your website, make your social media, get your name, get your bank account, just getting all the things getting set up, you'll feel like a business. And it's kind of like if I throw you in the pool, you start swimming, you're going to feel more, way more comfortable once you start swimming. Appreciate it. Let's Appreciate start. it. Let's start. Dan, uh, it was great connecting with you. I've heard a lot about you. This is the first time I've actually been able to connect. Hopefully we can connect again. Um, thank you for, for coming. And once again, thank you for adding your course to the platform. Really appreciate it. Yeah, happy holidays to you, you and the family. You got it. Anytime, guys. Thank you. Appreciate All right. You. Take care. All right. I told you Holy we're going to have an action-packed program today. The night before Thanksgiving. Who does this? Who does this on Thanksgiving Eve after traveling 12 and a half hours from Abu Dhabi to New York and running around New York City as soon as they get back. Like, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. Somebody's got to do it. Well, somebody definitely has to do it. <laughs> that is a fact. I believe Dan is frozen, it looks like. Call him in the Matrix. Let's see if we can. Yes. Oh, we're joined by another gentleman. Herman, what's going on? <laughs> what's up, fellas? How y'all feeling tonight? Everything's good, man. Good, 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 man. Um, okay, yes, Dan has exited the chat. Herman, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm feeling good, fellas, man. Thank you for having me tonight. I truly appreciate it. We well, appreciate good, you taking, taking time out. I, I know there was plenty of preparation for tomorrow. I'm sure you're part of it, but you took Absolutely. time out to, to bless, the, bless the people with loads of information. So we yeah. greatly appreciate that. Thank you. The Thank Haitian, you so much. The Haitian CEO. Yes. Yes, yes, very important. Yes, um, yes, bald head and beards. <laughs> you dig, you dig. <laughs> so Herman is a master when it comes to credit, business credit. Um, and this is something that's extremely important. Once again, I feel like we can never have this conversation enough. I put a post up today and it just went crazy. And it just shows you how hungry people are for the information. And it's extremely important. So we're going to do a deep dive into the into the world of credit. Um, but before we start, I um, wanted to just talk about the EYL University situation again. So, you know, meeting with Robert Smith when we met with him a while back and he was telling us, right, you don't know who Robert Smith is. He's the um, richest black person in America. Uh, so he was saying how he got his start in finances was through mergers and acquisitions. Um and he was telling us the whole play behind the mergers and acquisition and that, you know, that's the real game that they play on the highest level of, of finance. Um, and that's really what he was doing as an investment banker was brokering those deals for mergers and acquisitions. So, you know, you got to listen to when people speak and you have to be able to apply the information in real time and process it very quickly. So, you know, earn your leisure. We've obviously built a tremendous media platform and there's other people in the space that we respect and uh, recession proof. 
is a educational platform that has become an extremely impressive platform. Um, they've done a lot of great events. They built an extremely strong community. They've done live events um, for their members only, only for their members. And we've seen it firsthand. Mm -hmm. And it actually was a major inspiration for InvestFest. Yeah. Um, so, you know, seeing and just being really impressed with the, the infrastructure and what they've been able to accomplish, um, not an acquisition, but a merger, a merger of EYL University and Recession Proof. So it's Earn Your Leisure University powered by Recession Proof. Um, the biggest just got bigger? Yeah, basically. <laughs> so, 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 you know, I feel like that's an important um, step forward uh, for um, the culture. Absolutely. So, you know, you got to be able to work together. You got to be able to put egos aside. You have to be able to um, sit at the same table and understand that, you know, you, you you have more power in collaboration as opposed to competition. Okay. And um, this is something that, you know, I don't think a lot of people really expect it. Um, but I think it's going to be something that's a game changer. Yeah, I think, I mean, just from a standpoint of inspiring each other, pushing each other, um, and wanting to see the best for each other. I think we've done that over the past two years. Like you said, when we went to the Recession Proof Conference in Miami and looked at what was put together, we, we knew that, you know what, this is something that we can do at a large scale. Um, so to be merging with such such a, a prestigious and illustrious uh, community uh, like RPX, it, it is something that is the, the community, you know, it's going to serve them wholeheartedly. And uh, I'm excited for it, man. The, the way that they, they've structured, you know, their community and, and all the things that they have, it was like, this is something that can add value to our community. And, and likewise, you know, there's going to be pieces that, you know, our, our earners are going to be adding over there. So it's a, it's a game changer for the, for the financial literacy community uh, overall. So I'm excited. So shout out to everybody. Marpx, shout out to our earners. Yeah. The biggest just got bigger. More, more, more value. And like yeah. I said, it's, it's now you're going to have EYL university is going to have the best parts of recession proof and recession proof is going to have the best parts of EYL university. So, you know, they have those chapters in place. This is where the chapters come from. This is where the courses come from as far as, you know, uh, like Dan's course and a bunch of other courses that's actually going to be in. So now it's, you don't have to go and buy courses from all of these other different outlets where in one community you have all the courses in under one roof. That's revolutionary within itself. And that's something that is like, you know, you got to kind of, bring all of the, the it's like mob boss like you bring all of the families that's together like you know what i mean so it's like that's a revolutionary thing to have all of the courses under one umbrella i don't think that's ever really been done before so um they say the volume is low troy uh, which one is it this one yeah the second i don't think you can go any louder maybe um so yeah so e text learn the word learn so four zero one two three eight seven four seven nine and uh, we'll be giving you updates on the relaunch of EYL University uh, launching on Friday, um, right before Madison Square Garden. Good timing. Ah, there's always something. There's always something. The never, the never finished strategy. It's never finished. It's always, it's always under construction. It's called more. Uh, a lot more. more. So, all right. So let, let's get into this. Let's get into this business conversation. Extremely important. 
Um, the differences between business credit and corporate credit, corporate credit. We haven't really talked about that too much. What's the difference between business credit and corporate credit? So the main difference between business credit and corporate credit is that business credit, um, which a lot of people talk about kind of familiar with, is that it's connected to your social security number. It's connected to you having good credit. So you're basically co-signing for your business. Um, so what we like to teach our mentees, our friends, our clients, our people who are listening, our, our earners, is also at the same time, try to build up your business so that it can get corporate credit. Corporate credit is not connected to your social whatsoever. It's just utilizing your EIN. So you got like um, Jeff Bezos or Steve Jobs, rest in peace Steve Jobs. When they were building up their companies, they were also building up their EIN so they didn't have to personally guarantee anything for their business. So that's super important to make sure that you're not just building up your business credit, which is a great starting capital that you need. You get that quick 25, 30, 50,000 for your business, but at the same time, also building up your corporate credit so you can build up your business like in a year or two, right? So you're not personally guaranteeing anything. You're getting money and you're not giving the banks your social security number to get business credit cards and loans, et cetera, like that. Okay. Uh Everybody hit the like button. This is extremely important to almost 2,000 people on YouTube. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, shout out to shout so hit the like button and share, please. Yeah, her, one of the things we, we've done is we, we set up multiple LLCs. So I, I want you to dive into that, setting up multiple LLCs so that you can get six-figure funding. Oh, yeah. So so if you, if you know, understand that hack, if I know one LLC can get me 10, 15, 25,000, right? then why wouldn't I do that with multiple LLCs, right? So me, I love um, coming up with LLCs, even though whether I'm not going to use them or not, like I come up with the idea of success as receipts. It's one of my brands, right? Or audit your circle, another one of my brands, right? But I also turned it into an LLC, right? So I know one LLC, I can get $25,000, dollars $40,000. Then the other LLC, I know I can duplicate that exact same process. So there's a lot of people sitting with three, four, or five LLCs. They haven't done anything with them. There's a herm. How am I going to get funding for it? My business didn't make any money. That's not important right now. If you got the good credit, you can personally guarantee all those LLCs and get funded from them. And then you'll look up and you got six figures in funding to do startup capital for whatever type of business you're trying to do. So the, the key is to have good personal credit so you can be a guarantor for, for those LLCs? That's the key when you are building business credit. But again, like we said a couple of minutes ago, at the same time, you want to build a corporate credit for those businesses also. But I, I know a lot of us, we just want to get to it. So you got the good credit. You got over 680 and above. Go get to it. Go get that money. Go get that, go get that bag first. What's the 10 commandments when it comes to business credit? Oh, the 10 commandments um, to getting your business funded. Number one, I, wa I want you all to write this down, right? Because this is how you maximize to ensure how much funding you can get for your business, right? So if you know Truist Bank or Key Bank, you know that they're going to give you $25,000, no doubt. You know that, right? Whenever you are missing certain things from this 10 commandments, it knocks it down a couple of thousand. So number one, you want to make sure you have a proper proper business name. The name of my company is Bella Sloan Enterprises, right? Um, it's a general name. There's a lot of high-risk industries out there, right? So real estate, trucking. So if that's in your business name, it's going to limit how much funding you're going to get or they probably deny you the money. So like Bella Sloan Enterprises will get 25000 but Bella Sloan um, Real Estate Company 
that 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 same profile is probably gonna get ten thousand. So having the proper business name is important. Number two, you want to make sure you have a great business address, right? Um, brick and mortar, of course. But if not, get yourself a virtual address because if you're going to the bank trying to maximize how much money you get, you want to make sure you look like a real business. Try to not look like a mom and pop where you're giving them your home address as your business address. You want to walk into Chase. You want to walk into Wells Fargo like a real outstanding business. That's commandment number two. Commandment number three, you want to have a legitimate email address, info at bellasoneenterprises.com, not bellasoneenterprises at Gmail. Those little things these banks are looking at. Um, commandment number four, want to make sure you have a real business website. So I told um, a couple of um, my mentees this, when everybody was getting the SBA EIDL money, right? If they didn't have a proper email, he literally got kicked to a real underwriter, right? So the real underwriter was looking to see if he was a legitimate business because you're giving an at Gmail and you're trying to get 150000 It didn't make sense. So commandment number four, having a good business email. Commandment number five, you want to make sure you have a, a business website, a real presence online so that the banks know you're legit. Like I'm not giving you twenty-five, dollars dollars $50,000 and you're not going anywhere. And then once you have all this demographic information, Next commandment, that's what you put on your LLC. Because before, when I started talking about business funding, everybody ran and got an LLC, but they put in their cell phone number, their home address on it. Now, nah, you want to set up your business demographics first. Then you put that on a business application, your LLC, excuse me. Um, then you get your EIN. And then once your business is structured, I want you to open up a business checking account and a business savings account. Now, I want to stay on this real quick. Commandment number seven. I want to stay on this real quick because how you open up your business checking account and saving account is important. The more products that you have with a bank, the better the relationship with the bank, the more likely they are to give you funding. Right. So if I'm walking into a bank and I'm like, hey, can I get a twenty five thousand dollar credit card? I got great credit. That's wonderful. Right. But isn't it better if I if I go to the bank, I get my LLC, my EIN documentation, I got I give them my operating agreement. I'm like, hey, can I open up a checking account? Can I open up a savings account with you? So now I just open up two products with them. I put fifty dollars in each account, right? Nothing crazy, and then I ask them for funding. So building relationships with bank is crucial. One of those unknown steps to help you get more funding from that same bank. Um, commandment number nine having different relationships with different tiers of banks. I always tell everyone to please start first with getting funding and relationships with credit unions in your area first. So I tell them, listen, go to Google Maps, type in the word credit union and put in your zip code. You'll see 10, 15 credit unions in your zip code alone that you can go and start a business relationship with, right? And then find out, give them a call. Hey, Trumark, where do you pull from? We pull from Equifax. Another bank, where do you pull from? We pull from TransUnion. Another one, where do you pull from? We pull from Experian. So now you're getting three relationships. You know they're pulling from different credit bureaus. So when you go to the second bank, they didn't know you just got 25,000 from the first bank. So just like that, if each of them give you 10,000 on a bad Saturday, you just raise yourself $30,000, right? From three different banks. So, I, so credit unions love to give bigger bags out. So I always tell people start with credit unions first then work your way up to the different tiers where you work your way up to like um, citizens where they're like more regional or truest. They're more regional than nationwide. And then you hit up the big boys. Then you go to Wells Fargo. Then you go to Chase, but start in your community first. And then lastly, of course, commandment number time, ask them for that money, ask them for that funding 
and you should be in good position to maximize what you can get from each bank. It's the 10 business commandments. What? <laughs> <laughs> you got to say that at the end. So yeah. the, you know, when, when we're applying to the banks, we're sending our applications. You got this thing called the power of four. Can you break that down? The power of the four. All right. So there's a little, there's a little, uh, a, a bank information that they don't want you to know. Right? I love when people say that. So I'm going to say it too, but they don't want you to know. So say the power of four is say, for instance, you have two credit cards, right? Um, they're $10,000 each limit. That's the credit availability that you got, but you make $30,000 a year, right? So the bank is going to look at that application. They were like, this person is actually high risk. Why? Because tomorrow he can max out the cards to $20,000, right? Um, but he only makes $30,000 a year, right? So the bank actually looks at you as somebody that's actually risky. So sometimes I tell um, uh, my earners, my mentees, I tell them, hey, if you got, you got a, 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 somebody on your team, a co-signer, somebody else who doesn't look as high risk. So somebody who's less high risk is the power of four. So $20,000 multiplied by four is $80,000. So the bank is looking for somebody who makes $80,000 a year, right? Who has 20,000 in available credit card, that person is low risk to the bank. So that's why I say the power of four is what the banks look at when assessing somebody's credit profile to see how much funding they can give them on the business side. So talk about um, credit union funding. Credit union funding, kind of talked about it a little bit earlier. It's the best place to start. It's the best place to go when you are um, trying to get funding for everybody that's on a call. I know we all go into the name brands first. We're going to go to Chase. We're going to go to Wells Fargo and they're great institutions. But I want everybody to start in their community first because the credit unions are ready to invest in the people that are in their community first. Right. I even have I even have a strategy where a lot of my mentees where they're like, listen, um, well, there's a great bank in Virginia. Right. Virginia got a great bank. Um, but my LLC is not in Virginia, it's in Pennsylvania. We'll get a foreign entity, right? So you can do business in the state of in the state of um, Virginia. And then you hit up that credit union because you know they give away $30,000 real quick if you got a 690 credit score. So getting a foreign entity is how you literally multiply or mimic your LLC in all 50 states um, so you can get the capital in different places. So I travel a lot. I'm in Atlanta, I'm in Miami, I'm in Cali. So I make sure I got foreign entities in those different states because if I happen to be out there and my man's giving me a good play, like, yo, this credit union, bro, they're giving $50,000 line of credit. You got a 700 credit score. Then I want to make sure I'm in position to go there because I know credit unions are going to give me a bigger bag than regional or national banks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what, what are the three things as entrepreneurs that we can do to get the most funding? All right, A lot of times when we try to start a business, funding is obviously always the issue. What are the three things that we can do to make sure we get the most? Um, to make sure you get the most fun and to put yourself in position to get the bigger bag. Number one, make sure your inquiries are low on your credit report. So if I told you Truemark is pulling from TransUnion, make sure you have under three inquiries from that credit bureau or make sure you don't have any recent inquiries in the last six months. So keep your inquiries low. That's going to maximize your funding. Number two, I know it sounds sexy that, yo, I'm the owner of Bella Sloan Enterprises. It sounds great, right? Owners don't make money. You know who make money, who get consistent bread? W-2 employees. So when I, when I open up a bank account, I tell them I am the president. I'm the CEO. I'm the CIO, right? Because they know I'm getting paid every week. 
So they know I'm gonna pay this check every week. They know I got a, I got a certain salary, so I'm gonna make sure I get I get money every week. And number three, follow the Ten Commandments. Rewind the tape. It's gonna be on YouTube. Follow the Ten Commandments. Position your business in proper place to maximize your funding. Those are the three tips I got for you guys to make sure you get the maximum funding when you walk into these banks. So let's 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 answer some questions if we can. Um, Absolutely. This is another part of the, the oh, we got hands raised already. Platform is that it's an interactive experience. So you get to actually not just hear us talk, but answer questions in real time. And that's beneficial because a lot of people in the audience probably have the same questions. So yeah. Let's do this, man. George, we are coming to you. Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. George, what's up? What's going on? Five seconds. Oh, man, you know how this works. So if you don't know how this works, there are no fridge breaks. When we come to you, you better be ready to let's roll. To the new people. Oh, wow. <laughs> There's a bunch of people coming on. All right, let's go to... Let's, the new people at the bottom. Let's go to Aries. Aries, we coming to you. Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. What's the deal? Oh, they not. Oh, wait, there you go. George, you there? He's not there. His mic is on. Yeah, you mean I'm mute yet. Aries, oh. you've been on mute. Hello, there you go. can you hear me? You we can hear you. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine yourself. Um, I wanted to ask Herman, uh, you said that e the Yahoo and the Gmail is not a good email for business funding? Absolutely not. So I want everyone to start thinking like how the banks do, right? So Bella Sloan Enterprises is an entity that doesn't speak, right? I speak mm -hmm. for Bella Sloan Enterprises, right? So I got to make sure this looks legitimate because when you go into Chase, you're literally speaking to somebody. If it's Miss Phillips, Miss Phillips has an email address. Miss Phillips' email address is phillips at chase.com. So I want to make sure my business and your business looks totally legitimate and having at domain of your business looks sexier than um, yada, yada, yada at Gmail. So Bellas, what looks, and you tell me what looks better, Bellas on Enterprises at Gmail or info at Bellas on Enterprises.com. So it's all about setting yourself info. up to look as sexy to these banks so you can maximize your funding. Now, I'm not saying it's a deal breaker. I'm not saying no one's gotten funded with a Gmail account, but I'm trying to maximize how much you can get funding. So I have everything already in place, but mm -hmm. the, the Gmail is what, it is my business name at Mm -hmm. But it does says, I think it's a Yahoo or something because Gmail was giving me a little bit of trouble. Right. So what I recommend, what I recommend you do is actually I'm going to send you back to Google. So Google has a, a, a enterprise platform because they got into the enterprise platform space where you can go to G Suite, G-S-U-I-T-E, G Suite. Where oh, yes, I've seen get, that. Yeah. So mm -hmm. where you can get a real business email address and it's only six dollars a month. It's super cheap. You can start it tonight and you have your, okay. your real email address all, all ready to go. But when I when I filed for my uh, LLC, I put the other email on. Now listen, let me let me explain this to you. Right. Your LLC is considered a person. It's an entity. Right. Just like you're considered a person. Guess what you can change? I can change my name if I want to. I can change my okay. address. I can change my phone number and I can change my email too. All you have to do is contact the Secretary of State and update whatever information you need to update. Google is not called Google anymore. They're called Alphabet. They changed their name. But all they had to do is let the Secretary of State know, hey, 
Um, we're not called Google anymore. We're called Alphabet. We moved to this address. We have this new email address. Here's our new information. And then your LLC will be updated with that information with the Secretary of State. So you're straight. It's not, it's not complex. Oh, thank you. I appreciate your help. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you, Aries. Have a good one. Happy holidays to you and the fam. Let's see. Same Let's to go you. To, uh, Tanya, we coming to you. Tanya Simpson, what's going on? Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. How you doing? Uh, Tanea, how you doing? I'm good. Tanea, Thank you for having me. No problem. This is definitely some diamond information. So I kind of want to ask the same question or similar question. My website is a .us. Does that have a bad impact on my business because it's .us and not a .com? No, 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 no. That, that's that's totally legitimate. As long as it's your business domain name .us .net .com .org, as long as it's professional, in that case, we're going to be in good shape. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Thank you. No worries. Thank you, Ms. Simpson. Thank you. Have a happy holidays for you and the fam. Uh, let's go down here. Kent Hannon. Kent, we coming to you. Kent, unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. What's going on? What's going on, man? Mr. Hammond, how you feeling tonight? Good, bro. I just wanted to know. I've been hearing about the self corporations. I don't know if, if they really work or not, because you know, you got to have two years to get funded, right? So I wanted to know, do we really need to have the, do the chef corporation work for that matter, that makes sense. So here's why shelf corporations even exist. Shelf corporations exist because 90% of banks, before they you can you are offered lines of credit, right? Your, your business has to be two years or older. If it's not two years or older, you're most likely going to be eligible for a business credit card, which is a great start. So shelf corps were existed because it's like, hey, if I want to jump to the line and I want to get lines of credit in addition to credit cards, let me purchase a shelf corp. There's nothing wrong with a shelf corp. Um, we recommend you get them if you have good credit, because then you could combine it with your good personal credit, and then you can get credit cards and lines of credit. I want to be careful with people getting scammed out there when people say, oh, you get this five-year-old shelf corp, it guarantees you $100,000, $125,000. $250,000. No, that's not the case. If the shelf court isn't built up, if it doesn't have um, trade lines on it already, that's definitely not the case. So you definitely want to be careful with that. So like Bellasone LLC, right? My business, right? It's like the LLC is like seven years old. I can sell it to you, right, Mr. Hammond? And because you got a 700 plus credit score, you can go out and you can get fifty dollars to $100,000 because you got good credit combined with the shelf court. But just be careful when people are saying, hey, buy the shelf court for $10,000 and you'll guarantee to get two fifty. dollars that's definitely not the case, but you definitely want to be careful with that. But it's but the purpose of it is to get higher lines of credit because the company is older. Appreciate it, bro. No problem. Great question. Thank you for that. Appreciate you, Ken. Let's go to, let's see. Tyrone, we're coming to you. Tyrone, you've been unmuted. Unmute yourself. What's going on, brother? Can y'all hear me now, fellas? What's going yeah, on there, Yeah, we can talk to us. All right, real quick, Good, I got man. two questions. Thank y'all. First, thank y'all always. Absolutely. <clears throat> so the questions is this, Herm. Mm -hmm. One of my clients today, we were doing some things, and we were talking about business funding, right? And we were looking at her. We were trying to find her paydex score. And they couldn't pull up her Experian business, Equifax business. And she was like, but I have a business credit card. And I was like, oh, but you didn't do those trade lines I told you. You know, she was like, no, I never did those. So do you have to do the vendor tier one, two, 
three before you do the trade line for business funding or not? That's the first question. And the second question is real quick afterwards, but that's the All first. Right. So, so let's attack that first. So um, unpopular belief, right? 95% of business credit cards don't report anywhere, right? On the personal side, you could buy a stick of gum. It's going to be on your credit report in 30 days. American Express, Chase, Wells Fargo, they're not reporting anywhere, right? So they're not building up your business's credit, your corporate credit whatsoever. A couple of credit cards that do, Divi, D-I-V-V-Y, Capital on Tap, those are great corporate credit cards. They don't care what your credit score is, right? Anybody could get them. If you have a business checking account, three months old, you got a couple of dollars going in there, they'll see what they can do to get you some funding. But they actually report to your business credit profile um, th that helps build up your score. Now, Ty, you did give her some great advice to start building her corporate credit, right? By getting some tier one um, vendors on her business credit profile. And that's great. Um, once you built it up to tier four, that's when you're able to go and get corporate credit, no personal guarantee, no matter what. Now, if you're trying to get funded and she's a startup company, the tier ones are not going to be enough for her to just get corporate credit in general. So you can suggest to her Divi, um, yes. corporate credit card, capital on tap. But in the meantime, she'll definitely need to get her credit up so she can PG it. Okay. Again. Oh yeah, and we already worked on that and did that. You know, I'm tapped in. I've been tapped in with y'all, so you know, my we we on that. Um, so thank you so much. And the second quick question is this: in terms of foreign entities and tax havens, if I want to become or use my business as a foreign entity in a, a state that's a tax haven, maybe Delaware or somewhere like that, um, how does that work? You know, do I just file and then I can just start? assuming business or doing business there and then I'm good and I'm saving or how does that work if you don't mind? So um, I am not a tax professional. So I got to be careful how I answer these questions. Definitely tap into your tax professional who can answer that better for you. When I speak of foreign entities, I use it because I'm about to do business in a state. Like I'm in, I'm in Atlanta all the time, right? So I got a foreign entity down there and I know they got great lenders down there that I like to do business with. And this credit unions first, they won't do business with me because I'm based in PA. So I got the foreign entity in the state of Georgia. So I'm allowed to open up business checking accounts there and get the funding. When it comes to the tax questions or tax side of it, when it comes to Delaware, Wyoming, I'm almost certain that there are benefits for running your business there, but definitely tap in with your tax professional who can give you the best advice on that. Absolutely. Thanks again, boss. I appreciate, I appreciate that. You, I appreciate you, Tyrone. Yes, sir. It's key. Um, how many more we want to do before we bring MG on? Uh, the hands keep going up. Hands keep going up. Let's let's take uh, let's take like maybe one or two more. Let's All go right, to uh, Sean. Sean Barley, we coming to you, man. Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. What's going on, Sean? We'll do it. No fridge break, Sean. No fridge break. We appreciate your attendance, but there are no fridge breaks. So we're going to go to Anthony. Anthony Robinson, we coming to mute you. Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. What up, fellas? What up, man? Mr. Robinson, how you feeling tonight? Feeling good, feeling good. Good. <laughs> so what about if you're blocked from uh, getting bank accounts on... Um, Check systems and early warning. Ooh, wow. How can I go about getting around that? So that so it's hard to get around that. You have to attack it. So um, you're going to have to first. It's like it's almost like credit repair. 
right? Um, it's basically our credit repair. So you're going to have to attack ch check systems. You're going to have to write a letter to them. You're going to have to actually write letters to LexisNexis um, so you can get those check systems from, from keeping you from opening up bank accounts. So usually it's because you had a bounce check in the past. So you have to remedy that situation, whether, hey, you owe them $300, $200, you go to Chase, hey, Chase, here's your $500. Can you please remove me from check system? If they verify that information, they usually send you a letter. You send that over to LexisNexis. You send that over to the people that are blocking you from check systems, and that's your remedy the situation. I don't want to give you no quick hacks to do it. I'm going to show you the right way to do it because if you if there's a if there's a hack that somebody's giving you about that, then it might work at one bank, but not all. So you want to make sure you yeah. tap into LexisNexis first um, to get the check systems removed. Write them the letters. You can even get them on the phone. And then put yourself in position so you can up, open up bank accounts right now. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Cool. Thank you. Thank you for that. Appreciate Absolutely, it. Absolutely, bro. Whole lot of game. Whole lot of game. I'm trying, bro. I'm trying. <laughs> appreciate you, Anthony. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. Um... You want to do one more? Let's, let's I got one more. I got one more in. Let's do it. All Leslie, right. we coming to you. Let's do this. Leslie, we coming to you. Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. How you doing, Leslie? Come on, Leslie. Don't break our hearts. You there? <laughs> Her mic is on. She ready to go. No, thanks. So. Oh, damn, Leslie. Oh, Leslie. It don't mean we don't love you, though. It really doesn't. <laughs> it really doesn't mean we don't love you. We, we, we love you even more for actually raising your hand and having the courage to ask this question, but Hundred percent. We'll get you on the on the next one. <laughs> uh, let's do Swelling. See if Swelling can come through for us. Swelling Roberts, what's going on? Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. Yes. How's everybody doing? Let's get it, Mr. Roberts. How you feeling? Uh, doing well. Very familiar with with uh, both platforms. I'm definitely uh, following both of you guys. Man, love the platform. Love everything. Um, just really quick. I mm -hmm. uh, just had a question about. Um, I know you talked a lot about funding and positioning your, your business. Mm -hmm. uh, I know somebody taught a class about is the next level to get into, to, um, trusts and things like that after you've established everything. Um, so, you, you know, with us, as we gain our people, as we gain information, um, then we add it to the repertoire, um, like I didn't know about trust when I first started my LLC. I didn't know about trust when I was building business credit. I didn't know about trust when I was building corporate credit. Um, but as you get the information, yes, you can put it into your um, your folder. So I got a trust later in life. Under my trust is my holding company. I set up my holding company. And then my holding company um, it, um, has a bunch of all my different LLCs, Bellasone Enterprises, Olivia Maroon Enterprises, and all the different businesses that I do. So it's not too late to go back and structure it correctly to protect yourself, to protect your assets, and to protect your future generation um, from what you have built here right now. Because I tell people all the time that I'm planting seeds for fruit I'll never see. So I want to make sure that my children and my grandchildren um, um, have these assets that have been protected because I set up a trust, a holding company, and the different businesses that are under them. Perfect. Okay, gotcha. Thank you so much. Absolutely, bro. No, I appreciate you. Armin, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate thank, you, gentlemen. Thank, thank you. Thank you. And I know that you'll be, um, you know, a big part of Earn Your Leisure University as well moving forward. Yes, definitely. Constant yeah, contributor. Um, 
and uh, yeah, a great resource to the community. So thank you in advance. I look, I look forward to being a service and I look forward to seeing you guys in New York at the Hulu Center. I'm looking forward to that this weekend. It's going to be dope. Oh, yeah. If you don't have your tickets to Madison Square Garden, you're playing yourself, man. Playing Sunday, yourself. Sunday, oh, it's going to be a vibe, man. Jada Kiss, uh, Floyd Money Mayweather, Don Peebles, uh, Ian Dunlap, myself, Troy. Uh, it's going to be so many people there, man. It's going to be an amazing experience, and it's extremely dope to do it. A beautiful night in Manhattan. I look forward to it. Oh, it's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be a motion picture, motion picture event, brother. A time yeah. will be had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. but thank you, brother. I appreciate you. As always, all right, man. love is love, bro. Appreciate love you. is love. Y'all guys have a blessed holiday season. I'll see y'all this weekend. Peace. Likewise, likewise. Hit the like button. Twenty one hundred people on the YouTube. We are at the final stretch of this situation. We're gonna talk about real estate. Gave you guys a lot of information. Um. Went from, oh, and Herman also gave us his uh, his business credit course. Um, pro he provided that in Earn Your Leisure University as well, EYL University. Herman's business uh, credit course will be in the curriculum. So we want to thank Herman for that. As I'm saying, like all of these different courses are going to be under one umbrella. So if you're in EYLU, you get access to Dan's course. You get access to Herman's course. And you get access to MG, the mortgage guys, gentlemen here. courses, Home Buyers Blueprint, Volume Welcome. 1 and Volume 2. Um, you get all of that as part of one package. Extremely impressive situation. Matt, how are you? How are you, brother? <laughs> My brothers, welcome back to America. <laughs> welcome back. Good to be home. It's welcome be back. Home. Welcome back. Welcome back. Have you seen the past 24 hours for us, MG? I've been paying attention and I have to say, I don't know how you mother effers do it. <laughs> you guys are savages. Like, first of all, hold on. We got to give y'all some flowers, first of all, because there's no reason in God's green earth why you should be doing open enrollment right now, especially <laughs> after a 15 hour flight. And then you had to go to ch chill with Math Hoffa and, and the guys over there. And then you still had meetings and Zoom calls, the merger. You know, you market you Mondays. Missed, you missed something. It's called a, a, another big interview. Another big interview. Oh, my yeah. God. I'll text you a picture later. <laughs> Please text me the pitch. See, I've been so busy. Shout out to Tooks. We've been in the studio. We've been in the lab just cooking up because work ethic don't stop over here at EYL University. You know, just because the the everybody has to work everybody has to hold their position there's no weak links in our crew so we've all been working but I, i'm super impressed with you guys as always i'm proud of both of you man and i can't wait to see you guys friday when you guys get honored is is well deserved so you don't even talk about how y'all getting your flowers and your hometown the town greenberg is honoring you guys so i'm blowing this up i don't care Right, you guys are getting honored and you deserve your flowers because I've been around for this from day one and just to see the growth from two, three iPhones on crooked stands and everything to where it's blown up to right now, man. I'm, I'm proud of you brothers, man. So you guys deserve your flowers and everybody needs to throw some, some gems in the comments for my brothers because they out here working hard. This is not easy. There's sacrifices when it comes to this level of success and they're putting on for us man so shout out to y'all man for real love my brother
Appreciate that, brother. Thank nah, you. real talk, man. That's that's real talk, man. That's from the heart, man. Y'all, y'all dudes are savages, man. I love it. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. But y'all, y'all different, man. And Rashad is the RZA. <laughs> He's been the RZA from day one. This dude is a nut. <laughs> Let's go, yo. EYL University Times RPX. The biggest just got bigger. I can't contain myself. I've been waiting to talk about this for six months. Let's go. Let's go, Let's man. Grow. Let's grow. Let's grow. Let's go. Shout out to Marcus. Shout out to her 500. Shout out to the whole RPX family. Let's go, man. Shout out to, to the earners. Where my earners at, man? Throw that graduation hat in the comments, man. Let's go, man. I'm hyped right now. Y'all shouldn't have brought me on. I'm too hyped. I can't contain myself right now. Oh, man. All right, we're going to get into it. Before we start, text the word LEARN to 401-238-7479 or click the link in the description of this video to enter your information for updates on the release of the relaunch of EYL University, which will include the regional chapters, the course, 19 courses, the live interactive classes is a whole vibe. It's a whole situation. Um, but Matt, we're going to end it with real estate. We talked about um, business branding, social media branding. We talked about business credit and we're going to end this with real estate, something that's extremely important and it's been a hot topic. Um, all right. So let's start here. What is the forecast? What is your forecast for 2023 when it comes to real estate, when it comes to interest rates, when it comes to home affordability, all of this stuff? All right. Good question, Rashad. Um, I will say I'm forecasting from appreciation standpoint. I think home values, and, and I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again, home values will continue to appreciate in 2023. It would get back to modest appreciation, normal appreciation, I should say. I think depending on where you are in the country, we should see home appreciation anywhere from two to 7% on, on average nationwide, just depending on where you are. Now, I know a lot of people see a lot of fear mongering type of headlines out there. When you see home prices um, have declined or home sales have declined in the past nine months, I know you guys see um, price reductions and I don't, you have to really read between the lines when, you, when you're looking at all of that, right? So right now, year over year, November of 2021 compared to November of this year, home prices have still appreciated 7.5% annually. Now, you're not going to see crazy 20 plus percent nationwide in almost every state like you did in 2021. 2020 and 2021 was just unicorn years. That's not normal, right? Miami right now is not normal. Miami is up 20% year over year still. These That's not normal, right? But if you look at appreciation over the past 60 years in America, homes on average have appreciated 4.5% annually. And we're getting back down to that normal rate of return on real estate, which is needed, right? Um, affordability is going to be questioned still because of inflation, although inflation dropped um, a couple percentage points, um, not a couple percentage points, but dropped a little from like 8.2 to 7.7 .7, um, on the last um, CPI report. 
if that continues to go down, that's great news um, for interest rates because interest rates tend to follow like the inflation numbers and also the Fed funds. If uh, if the Feds kind of slow down on their raises, then you'll see interest rates start trickling back down. Now, when that CPI data was released about two weeks ago, I believe it was, interest rates dropped from about seven and a quarter to six and a half percent. Right now, next month, when this report comes out again, if if we start still seeing those inflation numbers go down, you're going to start seeing mortgage rates kind of slowly but surely follow it. So it's really on this inflation report that's really going to determine where interest rates are going to go. Um, I told you in you know a couple months ago that I did foresee rates would be around seven percent by the end of the year. The end of the year is here. Where are we? A little bit under 7% right now, right? Mm -hmm. um, but still, it's not a terrible rate. It's higher than it was over the past two years, but historically, it's not a terrible rate. When I brought my first property um, years ago, my rate was seven and a quarter, right? So it's not a bad interest rate per se, it's just higher. So where I see the market going, I still continue to see it appreciating just at normal levels. I see that there's going to be less inventory or new homes hitting the market because if these rates stay higher, then why would home sellers want to sell their home? Like I read something the other day and it said that 85% of mortgages in America have an interest rate below 4% right now. There's over 30 trillion in equity still in homes, although that's down, right, a little bit, but it's still over 30 trillion. So homeowners are sitting on a lot of leverage with low interest rates and a lot of equity. So there's really no reason for a seller, if they do not have to sell, why would they sell to put themselves in a position to be at a higher rate at a higher price? And if you go to rent, then you're still paying high rental prices because although rent prices have dropped a little bit, it's still high. It's still over $2,000 on average. So you're in a position right now. I think home buyers and, and investors, well, home buyers I'll speak to are in a position is you damned if you do, you damned if you don't, right? It's either you're going to rent or you're going to buy. Either or you're going to pay a higher price. And that's why you need to focus on really more streams of income and being able to create um, a better lifestyle for yourself because you can't control these markets. You can't control inflation, but you can control what you do on your daily basis. And that's bringing in more money because we, that's the only way you really truly fight inflation is bringing in more money and investing. Mm. Yeah. So from an investor standpoint, one of the articles that I was reading uh, earlier today, they said that the home purchases, new home purchases from investors uh, are down by 30%. As the rates rise, as we start to see, like you said, rates hit maybe seven and a quarter, they, they've climbed down, I think maybe six and, and three quarters now. Do you see that trend continuing as far as for, from an investment standpoint when we talk about real estate? Absolutely. I think you're going to have some investors that sit on the sideline, but that's going to be an investors who probably shouldn't have been in the business regardless. Right. You got to look at it. Right. When money is cheap, everybody can do something. Because the money is so cheap and there was a lot of money in the streets too. When you think about uh, PPP loans, when you think about people didn't have to pay rent, when you think about all this stuff that put money out there, people didn't even have to go to work for crying out loud and it still was getting paid. So there was a lot of money that was in the streets that enabled people to go out there 
to invest at a high level. Now you have it where rates are higher, especially if you're buying investment properties. Those rates, if the if the homeowner rate for primary residence is in a six seven percent, then you're talking about eight to eleven percent if you're looking to buy a rental property. So that's going to hurt cash flow and numbers depending on where you're looking to buy. So yeah, you're going to see a lot a lot of investors kind of sit on the sidelines right now. But let's really look at what a lot of the big boys are still doing. Look at JP Morgan Chase, for example. They just committed that they're going to buy a billion dollars worth of single family rentals. Like investors are going to invest regardless of whatever the market is. It's just depending on what game are you playing. So there's going to be a lot of people that will sit on the sidelines, but I don't want any of our people to be deterred by the fact that you read these, these articles and stuff like that. Like, no, go out there and invest because when you see people like JP Morgan Chase, these big institutional investors still out here getting deals done, there's no reason why we shouldn't be out here trying to look for our deals too, but we just got to analyze them properly to make sure the cash on cash returns are there. And also, Troy, before you go on or overshot, mm-hmm. you have to look at this rate is temporary. So if you get a property that's cash flow, let's just say you're making a 9% cash on cash return at a 10% interest rate, you have to look at your pro forma and see what is this going to look like if I'm able to refinance in two years and those rates drop down to 6%, 5%. What does my cash on cash return look like at that moment? So it's all on how, it's all on your perspective and how you're really truly analyzing your deals to determine if a deal is going to be a good one or a bad one. Yeah, I think that's one of those things that people, we don't look at, right? Like, let's look at the long-term perspective, especially if you're in a 30-year loan. If you get this interest rate now at 10% or, or 8% in five years, if that goes down to five, like, you're actually going to be saving on that refi. Like, that, that has that long, same thing when we talk about investing in, in the market. It's like, look, we're not thinking about two years, three years. If you have a 30-year mortgage, like, think about the long-term payout on this thing. 100%. So let me ask you this. Um, Okay, what advice do you have for for first time homebuyers in this in this economic and cli- environment? Programs, tips. So my best advice is the same thing I've probably been saying from day one: don't buy nothing you can't really afford. Don't be house rich and cash poor. The same rules apply, right? Um, the math is still going to math. If you can't afford something, don't buy it. If you're going to buy something, make sure you have reserves because you never know what can happen in life. So my tip is always going to be um, say, don't try to go into these situations and buying real estate, especially if you're a first time home buyer and um, not have any money because nothing is promise. Your job is not promise. Right. Um, but as far as tips, it's very simple. If you buy rental properties, do your best to put yourself in a position where you can have your apartments on programs, you know, section eight, you have domestic violence programs. You have all types of different programs that are out there where the government will pay the rent for the tenant where that's going to be guaranteed money. No matter if it's a recession, if it's a bull market, a bear market, the government is always going to pay for these programs. So you have to look at that. Um, you have to be creative right now, you know, with, with house hacking. Um, I think a first-time homebuyer, if your goal is to become an investor and if your goal is to be a landlord, you definitely have to look at house hacking, right? Even if you have to buy a single family or do a single family home, there's ways to house hack that too. Um, buy a property that you can possibly add an ADU, accessory dwelling unit, or turn your basement into a content space. I mean, 
Look at look, we have a content space right here. Your your headquarters is a content space, right? So there's a many different ways that you could go out here to bring in money to help supplement your your mortgage payment if you are a first time home buyer. So you just got to be creative right now, especially in these high inflationary times. You can't just depend on one source of income, and especially if you're first time home buyer, you got to remember that that mortgage payment is due every month. So you have to just be creative on ways to get that mortgage paid by any means necessary. Yeah, one of the most profound things you said to us over three years ago is that equity is monopoly money and people kind of didn't really understand it. Can you break it down for the, for the new audience that, that's here with us tonight about what you mean by that? So equity is monopoly money, right? It's unrealized gains. It's just like when you're looking at your, your trading accounts, you may be up, but it's unrealized. It's, it's not really real money until you take it out, until you... Um, sell your trade. Um, and then it's real money for you, right? It's the same thing like equity. So if your home appreciated 200,000, 300,000, that doesn't mean that that money belongs to you. It's there. It gives you value. It's a part of your net worth now, but it's not like you can stick your debit card in the, in the freaking doorbell and say, give me some of my equity today, please. Right. You still have to apply for a loan and get approved for it. Right. So unless you tap into that equity via a cash out refinance or home equity line of credit, then that money is dead money. So and if the market does crash, let's just say, God forbid, the market does crash and you lose 30, 40 percent of that equity, you know, that 250 now went to probably 150. So what I try to tell people, Troy, is especially if you have money in your primary residence, first of all, my disclaimer, as always, is make sure you have a plan of action. Remember, this is the church's money. So if you're taking money from a cash out refinance or a home equity line of credit from your primary residence, remember, you have an extra bill now. It's another mortgage. So you have to have a plan of action to repay that. So don't take it and go to Dubai and try to go after the top tallest building like Rashad was taking videos and having closing deals, right? Because that money is not making you money being in Dubai. Use that money to invest. Use that money to start your business, something that can bring you an ROI immediately so that way you can pay it back. So unless you use that money, it's just monopoly money. It sounds good to have, hey, I got 200 in equity, but it's not in your bank account, B. Yeah, Virgil Khalifa. Yeah. It looked amazing. Yeah, a good place to visit, man. 154 <laughs> floors up. Top of the world, literally. Yeah. Literally, top of the world, high level conversations. Yeah. Shout yeah, out to yeah. 19 Keys. Yeah. Shout out to 19 shout, shout Keys. Shout out to the bro. Shout out to 19 <laughs> Keys. So um, let's talk about, okay, let's talk about this. Um, refinancing? Is this a, a time that people should be refinancing? Um, yes and no. No, I would say no and yes. If you have an interest rate in, in the past two years, you know, twos, threes, fours, uh, probably hell no, right? If you have equity in your home and you want to tap into that, I would say get a line of credit versus refinancing. If you have an investment property, and this is for the investors, if you're in a hard money deal and you're trying to borrow, you have no choice but to refinance. If you're an investor and you have a bunch of equity in your home and you're trying to scale your portfolio, 
it might be it might make sense to refinance because and pull that cash out because you're not paying the bill your tenants are and as long as you're still cash flowing then it could make sense to you and let me flip back to the homeowners the homeowners out there who might want to refinance if you have a lot of high interest credit cards you know maybe student loans and you know you're suffocating yourself don't hold on to that two three percent rate knowing that you have a hundred thousand dollars in credit card debt and if you got to look at the numbers to see if you do a debt consolidation loan doesn't make sense for you to refinance to pay off all that debt and have a cheaper payment overall that would probably be the only way i would probably advise a a a primary residence or a homeowner to refinance only if they didn't have means to like pay off all that high debt. Um, but other than that, homeowners right now, I probably wouldn't refinance. I would do more of a home equity line of credit and investors, depending on your deal and what you got going on, it could be advantageous for you to look into doing a refinance. Yeah. I, I want to tie the whole night into it, right? We, we started with building a brand with the inflation right, and, and obviously we're ending it now with real estate. But you've built a brand in real estate, which is pretty difficult, right? When you walk around the country, we see it. People are attracted to what you're doing. You've inspired them. You've changed their lives. Not an easy task. And every time I look at you, I feel like you're, you're doing something new to try to expand the brand. Obviously, now you're sitting in a content studio that you, you, you've built. Talk about that in, in the real estate field, building a brand. Because we see people do it. Obviously, shout out to your, your partner on Ransom Gems, Kiana. He's done an amazing job with it as well. Can you talk about the strategies that you use to build your brand? Oh, man, that's a great question, Troy. I'm glad you asked that one. Um, the RZA, man, the RZA, 2018. I said, yo, RZA, man, how the hell you got the shade room for financial literacy in your comments? And you got 4,000 comments and you got 9,000 followers. And he said, bro, you got to deepen your relationship with your audience. All the stuff that you talk about um, to your clients, you got to start bringing it to your social media. And I was like, what are you talking about? He said, well, you're talking to me. I'm a financial advisor. Why don't you start talking about financial planning? Because it goes hand in hand with home ownership. And that was the first time that I really understood social media, um, thanks to um, your bestie, Rashad. And from that, <laughs> and from that moment, now nah, I'm keeping it a buck. You saw how how the brand built, right? So it was the power of collaboration. It's something I've been doing in my entire career. So anybody who's a transactional professional, our businesses were not built. We were not taught social media when we came into this game, right? Especially me. I've been doing this for almost 20 years, and the new folks who are coming in, they're not being taught social media. We're taught how to develop relationships, especially from a loan officer perspective. With realtors, financial planners, CPAs, insurance agents, and we build our book of business and we work our book of business, right? My business model wasn't built for social media. But when I started bringing those conversations to my page and tying that in to home ownership, it kind of opened up the eyes. I was probably one of the first people in the mortgage space that was doing this at the at a small level at that time and which has continuously graduated into something big so power collaboration will be the first step that i would tell anybody in my profession that they gotta do number two always add value to people the reason why i'm even probably a partner in eyl university invest fest and amongst other things that we do together and why i'm probably here today is because i i did my best to add value to rashad's business without even asking him for anything i did things without asking for nothing 
right? It was just, I genuinely wanted to see my people win. He was a financial planner when we met and I wanted to send him business because I wanted my people to work with a black man and he seemed super knowledgeable to me, right? So add value to people and don't have no expectations because if you add enough value to people, it will come back to you tenfold. See, the problem in our business, especially from transaction professionals, we always got a freaking handout. We always want something in return. And you don't need to do that. Just add value and you, your blessings will come to you. So that would be number two thing. And number three, consistency. You have to be consistent if you're going to hit social media. Now, one thing that I even had to learn, this is very difficult to do. This is not easy. It's 940 at night. I've been filming all day. I've been working on loans. I've been talking to people all, all day long, but I still find the time every single day to do content, to put out content, because I understand if I do not let my voice be heard, then the only thing that people will hear is the news and what their fear-mongering is, and I have a voice, and I'm going to use it to my advantage. So I'm very consistent on what I do, and I invest into my business. Like Tooks is here with me right now. He's a part of the team. We have we built out a content studio. We invest tens of thousands of dollars in equipment. We travel everywhere to get more content, right? We're very consistent about what we're doing and we don't take no days off. This is the way, this has been the, the business model of EYL and I'm just following suit with the plan of action is, yo, we gotta outwork everybody. No one can put out more content than us. No one can give as much free game as us. We have to be the authority. Rashad called me the authority in real estate two years ago. And I looked at, and I, I called him. I said, yo, why are you calling me that, bro? <laughs> like, I really didn't understand where he was going with this. But he's like, no, you're the authority, bro. Da -da 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 -da. And I'm like, this nigga's crazy, <laughs> right? <laughs> now, fast forward, I am the authority in real estate, <laughs> period, point blank. And there's nothing you could tell me otherwise because I believe it now and because I'm consistent and no one's going to outwork me. So all my real estate professionals, you have to be hungry. You got to really want this and you and you got to go out here and just do um, massive and, and, and perfect actions every single day to achieve your goals. Massive and perfect actions. Love Shout it. out to Max Maxwell. Let, let's get let's get some questions if we can before before we round. I'm sure people have some um drop some gems in the comments, people. Let's go, man. This is EYL powered by recession proof. Drop some gems in the comments, man. Y'all came here to learn. Let's go. Rants and gems. Rants and gems. It came on six PM Eastern Standard Time today too. That's the fact. Live. Shout out to Welby. Shout out to Welby. We was live. We dropped mad gems today, too. Y'all better go watch that. Now, I ain't going to hold y'all up. Welby's a savage. Y'all better go watch that episode. After y'all get off of this, go watch the last post. Rants and gems, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It was phenomenal. Shout out to at my best 197. All right. Melissa, what's going on? You got MG on the line with us. Hey, y'all. How are y'all? What's up, Queen? I am great. I actually met you. So long ago when you hosted an event with Denise, the broker, um, I was at the brokerage at the time and I met you. Wow, yes, that it was, was like a long years, time that ago. Was like, that was, was like three years ago. Wow. <laughs> Shout was. out to you. You're a top earner. <laughs> You're a day one earner. I love it. Oh, man. Um, I um, actually have a quick question. So last year I purchased um, my childhood home in Florida. We have roughly about $250,000 in equity. 
And I want to pull it out because the game plan that I have is to purchase an apartment complex. But I don't know if I should pull out a HELOC or a line of equity. So I'm not sure which direction to go in with that. Um, and so I kind of wanted to hear what you may think. So, so it's a HELOC, home equity line of credit, and then you have a HE loan, which is a equity loan, right? So there's two options you can do. Both of them are considered like second mortgages, right? A, he, a home equity line of credit, it kind of acts like a credit card where you have a 10-year draw period where you can use the money, pay it off, use the money, pay it off, use the money, pay it off, right? And then after 10 years, it could turn into a 20-year fix. Some banks may turn it into a 10-year fix, just depending on the bank and their terms. And um, so that's a he a HELOC, right? And you're only paying money that you use. So if you borrow, let's just say 100K out of that 250, if you don't use the 100K, you don't make a payment. If you use 25,000, you make a payment on that 25,000 and not the difference. Now, a he loan is they're basically giving you that $100,000 the day of closing or three days after closing via wire, check, whatever, whatever, and you're making a payment the next month. Even if you didn't deploy that capital into a um, project, and that's a, it's going to be a fixed rate mortgage, and it will be probably for a 20 or 30 year term. But right now, those rates are probably going to be 9 to 11%, just depending. But so for me personally, I necessarily don't like the HE loans because, again, if I get 100K from it, I have to make payments right away. And I might still be shopping for deals, and I still got to make this monthly payment. Whereas with a HELOC, I have more flexibility with it. Now, once you, once you have that 100K, even if you spend it all, once you start paying down that principal, it's not like you can access that funds again with a HELOC. loan. You're just paying it back. But with the HELOC over that first 10 years, you can kind of move and shake the way you want. So I would recommend HELOC, but my disclaimer, as always, have a plan to make sure you pay back that debt because you don't want to mess up the church's money. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you, you Queen. So what, what's Happy the holidays. What's Happy the holidays. Happy holidays, Melissa. What's the difference between a HE loan and a refi? So a refinance is when you are using, you're refinancing your first mortgage, right? So if your first mortgage has a rate of 3% and you want to do a cash out refinance, then you're subject to whatever the market rate is today for that cash out refinance and you'll have one mortgage. So let's just say you owe 300,000, Rashad, and you want to take out 200,000 on the cash out refinance. Now you're going to owe 500,000, but it'll be at that much higher interest rate where today's market is. So that's why for me, I will recommend if you have that amount of equity and you can qualify, I would prefer you to leave that first mortgage alone so you can keep that 3% rate and you get the HELOC in second position or second lien on the property, and you're able to have that flexibility with that capital to use it as you can. Now, I want to say this too with HELOCs. Those of you who have HELOCs that are open right now, be very mindful of this. That money is not yours unless you deploy it. So if you have a $200,000 HELOC right now, and let's just say you only use 50,000 of that HELOC. 
So you have availability of 150,000 left. At any given moment, the bank can close your line of credit with no warning. So if the economic downturn continues to happen, if we slide into this recession, if inflation continues to rise, if it goes back up, if home prices keep declining, if home values slip and decline further, the banks at any given time can say, you know what? It's too much risk to have this much equity just out there. Let us cut this off so that way people don't go upside down and they risk um, their investment of being paid back. So I need you guys, if you have current home equity line of credits, be mindful of that because you'll wake up one morning thinking you got 150K or whatever it is to play with and that thing will be gone. Be mindful, even with your credit cards, even with your credit cards, they'll do that on Amex in a heartbeat that you think you got a hundred thousand limit and you got 50,000 now. So just be mindful of that people. Yeah, Dante Walker, we coming to you. Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. What's going on? Well, guidelines. Oh. <laughs> guidelines, 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 guidelines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go to Devin. We're gonna go to Devin. Devin, we coming to you. Unmute yourself. Uh, you've been unmuted. What's going on, Devin? It's Thanksgiving Eve. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank you, guys. Um. Nope. No my question was, um, oh, I'm in Maine. So my question was, I have a two question. So the first one is, what are some of the best banks to, to get um, HELOC from? The best bank to get a HELOC from, Matt? I, I would say always try your local credit union um, and always try to like the local regional banks first for your home equity line of credits because your credit union and your local regional bank wants the local business right and they want that relationship they want you to bring over accounts and other accounts so they will probably be the first stops that i would go to if i was looking for a home equity line of credit would be a mm -hmm. local credit union or a local regional bank okay um thank you the second question is seller um owner finance i saw a piece of property it's a land raw land and they're doing a owner finance on that. Um, I want to tap into that because I got my my equipments. I do trucking and I'm, I need somewhere to park. How do I approach something like that? Um, the seller makes the terms. Um, of, of So the seller finance, and just for those of you who don't know, is basically when a seller is agreeing to basically give you a private mortgage and hold that note. And mm -hmm. they would dictate the terms now obviously you're dealing directly with the seller so you you have room to negotiate with them so they might say all right i'll give you this alone if you're able to put 20 percent down and you will be able i'll give you a loan of for 10 years at market rate of seven percent interest only but after 10 years it's a balloon payment and you have to pay me back something like that right i'm just giving you guys an example of, of what it will look like but you have the ability to negotiate with them if they're trying if they are flexible and if they really want to um you know get rid of that property so i think seller financing is a great tool but any any way you can finance a real estate deal is a great option it's a great tool so 
if you have an opportunity like that, Devin, I would highly recommend that you continue to explore that opportunity. All right. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Appreciate no problem, brother. Thanks, Devin. MG, how you feeling? We take one more? Yeah, yeah. Keep going, bro. We outside. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Uh, George Murray, we coming to meet uh, you. Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. Yes, thank you. Hello, how are y'all doing? Alive and blessed, my brother. Alive and blessed. Okay, so um, you entered the game with your real estate license or you did all of this without your real estate license? Because I heard you say that you were working on loans. No, I entered the game as as a mortgage guy. I entered this game as a loan officer. And uh, I I actually have my real estate license too. I still still have it. I just got to reactivate it. But um, I primarily focus on mortgage originations. Um, I help people get funding for deals for the past 20 years, over a billion dollars funded in my career. I am MG, the mortgage guy, George. Okay, so 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 you reach out to Florida as well or yes, just? Sir. Yes, sir. I do all types of loans. I work with first-time homebuyers, investors, um, no matter if you're a first-time investor to savvy investors. I work on commercial deals. Um, I can do rehab financing. I can do development financing. Whatever you want. I'm like Baskin Robbins, George. I okay, so where I, you need. <laughs> so where do I go to your page at? Do I go oh, to YouTube? All you have or? to do, if you want to work with me, apply with mg.com. That's it. Mm-hmm. Apply with mg.com if you want to get pre-approved, you want a second opinion on the current deal, or if you want to book mm-hmm. a consultation with me on my team, apply with mg.com. Okay, got you. I appreciate that. Thanks for the blessing. Continue blessings, my brother. Yes. Blessings. It's a blessing to be a blessing. All right, Dante Walker, you ready, man? We're coming back to you. Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. Appreciate you, George. Happy holidays to you and the fam. You as well. Yep. Yeah, I missed this. I haven't done this in a while. Dante, you've been unmuted, man. What's up? Give me a second chance. We may have to clip that last one. (laughs) <laughs> that last that last exchange. I kind of like that one. It's going to be your next post. Joseph, uh, Joseph Wells Jr., we coming to you. Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. What's going on? Guidelines. Guidelines. <laughs> That's what's going on. Guidelines. And he's gone. Well, let's talk about this. Um, so part of EYL University is MG the Mortgage Guys, Home Buyers Blueprint, Volume 1 and Volume 2. And um, can you just talk about what's encompassed in the Home Buyers Blueprint, Volume 1 and Volume 2? So the Home Buyers Blueprint series is the encyclopedia for home buyers and investors. The Home Buyers where'd you get, Blueprint. Where'd you, where'd, you get, where'd you get the encyclopedia word from? From, from, from Rashad. Rashad Malau is, is the RZA, yo. I don't have no shame in telling y'all this, too. I have no no ego with this. He, yo, when he, the first time he said that shit, too, I said, oh, my God, the encyclopedia. <laughs> I said, I'm going to run that joint. Uh, yo, y'all watching us in real time, y'all. This is live. <laughs> They but now nah, it's like it really is this but it really is though it is, encyclopedia it is. for home buying the home buyers blueprint volume one is 15 plus hours of content assessments 
I mean, you get the so any first time home buyer, new realtor, like yo, you can go through that thing and kind of know you can get your deal closed. Period. Absolutely. That, it's helped thousands of people close on real estate. And one of the and my and I'll be honest, I don't even promote all the success of this. And I got to get better at that because there's been th literally thousands of people. We be all over the place and people always come up like, yo, I closed on this. I saved money because of the home buyers blueprint volume one. Right. So it's the encyclopedia for home buyers. Probably my greatest work to this day. I love that course. And um, it's, it's my baby. And look, AB took it. AB was doing assessments and took it. And he's like, yo, Matt, I learned all about real estate because of the home buyers blueprint. So Mike, it, Mike Brown, Mike, Mike Brown actually bought a home off of that. Yeah. Um, EYL alumni, he was saying like, you know, he brought the home after um, studying the blueprint. And the thing about it is like, you know, the encyclopedia is fitting because, you know, you go to school and you study and you learn about a variety of different things, but you never really learn about the process of buying a home. And it's very actually extremely complicated. It's not as easy as just going to the bank and buy a home. And for most people, that's the biggest purchase that you're ever going to make in life. So being that there's no education on it, where do you go to know what you're doing? You just don't really know what you're doing. You just kind of wing it and you end up making a lot of mistakes. You don't even know you're making mistakes. So, you know, to have a curriculum, to have, you know, a step-by-step -step guide in buying a home and then also how to renovate the home and, you know, different programs and, interest rates and you know all of that refinancing and all that stuff is actually extremely beneficial for majority of people because it wasn't taught to you in school and if your parents didn't buy a home then even if they bought a home they might not be fully educated on the process so it's what people take it for granted but um that is actually extremely beneficial educational piece because there's so many different parts of buying a home. You got the entrepreneur loan, you got the jumbo mortgage, you got the refi, you got yeah, the yeah. veteran loan, you got the, you know, the HELOC, you got the 203K, you got the 203K. Um, you, got, you got the home style. So like volume two, the rehab pack covers, rehab pack, yeah. it, that covers Fannie Mae, home style, rehab loan. It covers the 203K in depth detail. That's around seven hours of information. And, um, you know, what I really want to do is, in all honesty, and I put this in chat like a month ago, but I really want to do volume three. And I think volume three is going to be the best body of work that I've ever done in my life, superseding volume one, because now there's new information there's new things that are happening in the world and in the marketplace. And there's a lot of different loan products out there. So I think with volume three, um, that's going to encompass heavy investing, um, heavy entrepreneur, self-employed, and really teaching people how to analyze deals and going through those motions too. So blueprint volume three will be coming soon. I'm not going to put a date on it right now because I'm going to probably make that 20 plus hours of information to really help people get their game on track, not their wig push back. Like this is really gonna be a dynamic piece of work and it's only gonna be for EYL University powered by recession proof. So if you want yeah. to really learn how to fund your deals, fund your investments and really get the vital information, you gotta be a part of this, man. You gotta be a part of this. So yeah. the Homebuyers Rojo series is phenomenal. Yeah, she just asked me what she can get. If if you're in the chat, then you 
you have access to it right now. Or you oh, yeah. If you very short, shortly. Yeah, oh, yeah. Shortly. If, if if you're in a Zoom, then you already Gucci. Yeah. And man, I got I, I told you this when I first saw it. I think I probably was the first one to have eyes on, on the, the program itself. It was a complete body of work and you over delivered. I know a lot of times I feel like, you know, you get a little hard on yourself. Like, you know, I, I could have added more. And after like going through the course and writing the assessments for the course, I'm like, I'm not sure how you could have. In fact, anybody that takes it, they're going to come out better and they're going to come out with an understanding of real estate that they never had before. I definitely did. And I have a home. And you walked me through the process of getting another home. Um, so congratulations to you. I know you want to give us our flowers, but I want to give you yours, man. That is a complete body of work. It's an authentic body of work, and it is super digestible. And the fact that people get to assess how they're learning and what they're learning throughout the process makes it even better, man. So congrats to you on the uh, the becoming the authority in, in a, the field of real estate for our community, man. Troy, I appreciate that you from coming from you because you're an educator. You're professionally trained at this. And when you told me that, I'm like, nah, this shit sucks. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I could do a lot more. And you know, the funny thing is I said that about episode 12 too. And y'all both was like, nah, it's good. Like, I, I am a tough critic on myself. I'm, I'm very hard on everything that I do. And Troy is always that person. Like, no, as soon as I come off any stage or anything, Troy is literally the first person that comes up to me like, yo, MG, nah. Da -da -da -da. Like, so I always appreciate you, bro, because coming from you of being a trained professional educator, that means a lot because I'm not trained to do this. I don't even know how I'm doing this today, to be honest with you. I'm just I'm just doing what I do. And um, the blueprint, looking back at it now, I agree a thousand percent with you. That thing's a masterpiece. And um, I'm very proud of it. It's helped thousands of people buy real estate the right way, get good deals. But now I think I want to take it to the next level with volume three and just continue my mission. And my mission, fellas, is to help close the wealth gap in real estate one brick at a time. And whether you're buying your primary residence or you're buying investment properties, black and brown people need to buy real estate. We don't need to really pay attention to the fear mongering. We need to stay the course and stay focused on our mission. Our wealth is disappearing in front of our eyes. And if we have everybody who's watching this right now, we have the opportunity to change the generational DNA of our entire community. And real estate is a big play on that. Let's not get it twisted. I know real estate gets treated like the stepchild when it comes to crypto and stocks and everything that's out there. But let's not forget how important real estate is because you can't go outside without seeing real estate, period. Period with a T. With a T. Mm -hmm. Yep. Very important. Yep. Uh well, MG, always a pleasure, my brother. Um oh, Troy just sent so me the picture too. Another one. <laughs> <laughs> yo, y'all dudes on fire, yo. <laughs> yo, Market Mondays this Sunday, Madison Square Garden. If you are not in the building with these two gentlemen and the master investor you know what hold on i want to give away two tickets because i brought a couple tickets myself let's do a raffle i want to give away two tickets to market mondays this sunday like who should we give this to some new earners who come into the new movement or should we give it to the youtube people i got two tickets to give away how should we do this fellas you tell me new earners or YouTube people. 
I think we go with the home team, man. Home team it is. Look, (laughs) home team it is. Sign up, join EYL University, powered by Recession Proof, and you can enter win two tickets to Market Mondays Live at Madison Square Garden this Sunday, and it's going to be a movie. I'm trying to tell you. Motion picture event, man. It's going to be one of them, one of them ones, man. Floyd Money Mayweather, JD Kids, Don Peebles, Peter Tuckman. Uh, who else, man? We got my guy. No, I ain't hear MG on the bill, though. Sus-one. I ain't going to hold y'all. MG not <laughs> on the bill. MG should be on the bill, Rashad. Yo, Rashad, MG should be on the bill, bro. <laughs> I ain't hear MG, Rashad. <laughs> MG will be in the building. <laughs> I will be in the building, though. But I ain't on the stage, Rashad. <laughs> MG will be We got to work out some last minute, you know? Come some on, man. Minute. I'm ready, bro. Let's go. You already know what to do. I don't even need to be on the flyer. Just tell me, yo. And that's all I need. Say less. Say <laughs> less. Say less, ladies. Yeah, yeah, I like how I put him on the spot. This is really me and his group text in the group text with him too. Like, yo, Shotty, what's good, bro? <laughs> and he he do exactly what he's doing right now. <laughs> like, yo, we gotta work it out. <laughs> Tight schedule. <laughs> Tight schedule. <laughs> oh, oh man, yo, hilarious, yo. But nah, the Sunday is gonna be lit. The world, yeah, it's gonna be crazy. Nah, nah it's, it's gonna, gonna be, be lit. I'm, I'm, I'm super proud of y'all, man. Shout out to Ian. Like guys, you gotta understand, this is not a rap concert. This is not a comedy show. No disrespect to nobody. This is financial literacy. Investfest Euro sold out. Royal Albert Hall, incredible. I'm telling you, it's going to be Dubai next, Canada, Africa, America again. It's going to be, this is global. And it's all for financial literacy for black and brown people. This is monumental. This is iconic. This is history books. I don't have nothing else to say after that. (laughs) The Bob boys are back. (laughs) The Rock boys are in the building, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, y'all. Drop some gems in the comments if you rocking with the EYL movement. This is international. This is for us, for us, by us, man, for real. I'm super proud of everybody that's affiliated with this, everybody who's out here teaching, everybody who sacrifices to give information. Like, this is not easy. It's hard work. But I'm super proud of everybody and everybody who's affiliated with EYL, the whole team. Like, I'm proud of y'all. love y'all. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Be safe. Safety first. And um, I'll see y'all at the new EYL University, powered by Recession Proof. Let's do it. it. So before we leave, just to remind you guys um, to join the waiting list, text LEARN to 401 two three eight seven four seven nine the relaunch at eyl university will be dropping on friday it is a merger with recession proof we have added 19 courses which include all of mg the mortgage guys courses which includes herman's business credit course which includes dance um business course and a variety of other courses. We got an options course. We got a variety of different courses that will be added into the curriculum. 
um, chapters, 27 chapters, physical light chapters across the country. Um, <clears throat> interactive classes will be taking place, events. And mm. as I said, the event thing is actually a, a, a really valuable situation because, you know, that was part of the, the thing that really inspired a lot of the events that we do. So the events, exclusive events um, just for members. And, you know, we just wanted to relaunch it. We we had EYL University for about two and a half, three years. And, you know, we achieved a tremendous amount of success. But um, like I said, you know, being the space that we're in, we always have to try to do something bigger and think in the future and think ahead. And that's the only way you can really be successful in this world is to never become complacent and never become stagnant. And that was why we we felt like, you know, the the merger made sense and um this is where we're at it's going to be something that i don't think anybody in the space i don't see how anybody in the space can really you know i don't know how they how, what, what happens with this situation to be honest with you but it's going to be a situation that's going to you know really be big man you're big witnessing a dynasty problem. like no other the line has been drawn. Big, big as the sun. So uh, text that number. And um, yeah, we're going to drop it on Black Friday. 50% off on Black Friday. 24-hour sale on Black Friday. And um, we're going to run it all the way through, man. We're going we're going to Madison Square Garden um, on Sunday. And then we're going to Art Basel next Saturday. <laughs> and then we have we have the real estate. Expo at Howard University the next Saturday after that. So can, can we can Howard we drop Uni the link? Can we drop the link in the chat real quick? Yeah, yeah put it in there if you if you have it. You. Um, it to me, right, bro? The Howard University is is free also too. So our Basel is a free event. Uh, you can go to our website and and sign up for that. That's free, but you must RSVP. And um, Howard University uh, Real Estate Expo. District of Columbia. That's going to be our last event for the year. That also will be free. Um, yeah, and I just so put the link. I, I just put the link in the live chat a couple times. So if you're in the DMV area, this put is, it in the YouTube chat also. Yeah, YouTube. I, just, I just dropped it. In. YouTube, YouTube. Yeah, I put it in the YouTube chat. Yeah, I put it for the earnest. So we good. Yeah. So look, man, that that Home Buyers Expo, Howard University, historic. You know, we're going to fill that place up, a free event for, for the community. So if you're in the DMV area, please pull up. We got some certified gym droppers on the stage. We'll announce that after Market Mondays, the certified gym droppers. Oh, if you go to the link, you'll see who's going to be there, right? Um, but it's going to be an, a, 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 a ton, a ton of information, and it's free. Um, first come, first serve when it comes to seating. Um, get there early. And come out and network with us and come learn and be merry, you know. Um, so this is the final event of the year, and I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to Art Basel, um, another legendary time, Silky Situations. <laughs> and, um, yeah, life is great. God bless the trap. God bless the trap, man. Art Basel. Yeah. Anything's possible. Five mil sold out the Art Basel. Uh, <laughs> so it's it's it's, it's going to be um it's going to be a night to remember, man. Yo, man, be safe, y'all. It is uh 
It smells like somebody's cooking upstairs, man. So that's always a good sign, which always means that families are coming together to feast and celebrate each other and share love with each other. So I encourage everybody to do the same. I will be part of the eating committee. I am the, the chapter leader of the eating committee at, in my house. And uh, I intend to tend to my duties tomorrow at a very high level. So shout out to everybody that's the chair of the eating committee in their homes as well. Um, also, um, make sure that you uh, you drip responsibly during this holiday weekend. That's very important. Very important. Um, extremely. I ran into Fat Joe today at Mike B spot. Actually, I was and, I was at uh, Mike B spot earlier. What time you was there? Uh, around like four o'clock. Oh yeah, I, and, I was there uh, like twelve something. Yeah, yeah, so I ran into Fat Joe. So I'm like, are you dripping responsibly out here? He was like, at all times, brother. At all times. <laughs> all times. So, <laughs> shout out, Joey Crack. Very shout important. Out shout out to Joey Crack. EYL University relaunch Friday. Nothing will be the same. Madison Square Garden takeover Sunday. Art Basel next week. Washington, D.C. next week after next week. Uh, onslaught of high-level interviews coming out. Shout out to Mav Hoffa, my expert opinion, coming out soon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're going to stop. We got a couple bombs. Oh, 50% off merch. Go to the website. Shout out to Bam, 50% off merch running through Black Friday. Shout out to Bam. I need some more of those asset over liability joggers, man. The women's clothes is going crazy. We'll be back lit again. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's a wrap. Um, tell a friend to tell a friend. This will be on YouTube. It will also be on podcast outlets tomorrow. Text the number. Text LEARN to 401 238 Seven nine, and we out of here. Love is love, y'all. Be safe. Happy holidays. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For ninety dollars more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For one hundred and thirty more, you'll be a swole member, and for just three hundred dollars more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy. Always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.